going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Kendrick Gray, the Dreadlock. We're back with another weekly wrap-up. Thanks all you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have enjoyed your weekend. I hope your week wasn't too crazy, considering that this whole month of January has just been crazy in and of itself. But we're going to talk about that in a little bit later. As of course, as always, if you're watching me on YouTube, be sure to make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. Hit that bell right next to the subscribe button so you know whenever I drop a video or whenever I decide to go live, which is pretty much every single Sunday around this time. If you're watching me on Facebook, obviously you're a friend of mine on Facebook, so there's not really much for me to say there in that regard. Um, you can also find me on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Discord. I think that might be it. I, I, I genuinely think that might be it. Um, all the social media, all the social media links are in the description box. You can definitely find me there, whether it's on Skype, PlayStation Network, because I am a PlayStation guy. So that's where you can find me. With all that being said, let's not waste any time and just get right into it. So this week was a very eventful week. Um, hopefully, you know, this weekly wrap-up will put some things in perspective, so to speak. It depends on who you are. Um, the first thing at the top of our list, which was the most craziest thing that happened this week, it seems like every single Wednesday of this month, something crazy was bound to happen. And this, of course, is no exception. Of course, the stocks have been incredibly crazy as of this past week. Basically, as you guys aren't familiar with what's going on, uh, Vincent, Vicente, thanks for being one of the, my 10,000 subscribers. If you guys have been aware, I... I reached 10,000 subscribers maybe right before the new year. The next goal is, of course, 100,000 subscribers. So let's see if we can move forward with that. But, you know, YouTube being what it is, it may take a while. So who knows? In any case, as I was saying before, Wall Street got hit with some pretty surprising stuff this week as a subreddit group, I believe a subreddit group known as Wall Street Bets, basically bought stock blocked plenty of stock in the company which is known as gamestop most of you guys who are familiar with who gamestop is if you are a gamer like me then you obviously know who gamestop is buying an enormous amount of gamestop shares as the company was at its all-time low most hedge fund owners were kind of basically playing around with it not really sure what was going to happen so a couple of redditors decided to be some smart guys and basically almost turned the whole stock exchange up on his head. It was actually quite hilarious to see. The base have been going back and forth on, you know, the nature of the stock market. Most people believe that it's pretty much like the casino, the house always wins. And this is one of those times where the house didn't win. Some people banded together, consolidated a lot of their funds and just simply bought stock in GameStop and once the market value went up, they made a buttload of money. To me, it's part of the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, we spend all these years believing in the stock market that you have to, you know, it takes a lot of years to understand the game. You know, if you know someone who's in it, then it takes them a while to teach you. I'm pretty sure we have a lot of friends, not only just on Facebook, but on Instagram or Twitter or wherever that have dealings in stock, whether it's like regular stocks or cryptocurrency, things like that. I myself have a bit of change in a couple of stocks here and there. I'm not super well versed in the market to really fully understand it, but I'm trying to learn. 
but this just goes to show you how easily the game can be how easily the game can be rigged once you understand the rules and that's essentially what happened um um stock trading um apps and sites such as robin hood have halted trading and purchasing of stock in gamestop which was actually quite funny that draw a lot of air from a lot of people i myself use robin hood myself as far as like you know purchasing and trading stocks so on the one hand i understand it but at the same time it's supposed to be a free market it's only free if you really have the money along with a lot of other things in the united states so at the end of the day again I just thought it's hilarious. Social media had a field day with this thing. Exactly right. You got to eat the rich. And it's, it's coming to a point where just society is just fed up with like playing along these little games that the rich have in place for a lot of the people who aren't in that higher echelon of tax bracket. So I'm going to sit here and say kudos to Wall Street bets. Kudos to them. And turning the whole stock market game upside down on its head. It's always going to bounce back, of course, because it's a stock market. There's plenty of rich people on this, in the States that have a stake in it. So they're always gonna make it, make sure it goes back in the right direction. But needless to say, this was a very hilarious thing for me to see. You know, I've seen a couple of my stocks even go up, mainly Dogecoin. I haven't been paying attention to it lately. I should probably making my business to pay attention to it a lot more as the year progresses on but we'll have to see what happens with that so um moving right along into the next piece of news that's what pretty much all i have to say about that i just wanted to get that out of the way because i thought that's genuinely hilarious um uh, in the world of tv and animation um we have a gentleman by the name of roger craig smith those of you who play video games or watch cartoons but mainly video games know that roger craig smith was the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog for I want to say ten years. He's he's been the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog for a lot of like the next gen games. So from like PlayStation two, three, and onwards, he's been the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog for video games. He he initially announced <clears throat> he initially announced his retirement from the role about I believe Thursday. Thursday he announced his retirement from the role. He's moving on to bigger and better things. Most of the kids that played Sonic now probably recognize him as the voice of Sonic, even though they don't know who the guy is. There have been plenty of people who voiced, you know, the character of Sonic the Hedgehog. The earliest iteration that we all can remember is, of course, Steve Urkel himself, Jaleel White, as the voice of not only Sonic the Hedgehog in the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog weekday cartoon, but the ever-popular AM Saturday morning Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. He was both. He, he was doing double duty on two different shows. He even came back and was a voice for Sonic in a Eddie LeBron fan film called Sonic the Hedgehog. You can find that on YouTube. It was actually pretty decent. We all know that Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog for the movies. Um, as of right now, they have not announced who's gonna be the next voice actor for Sonic. Most people are leaning towards having Ben Schwartz be the guy to voice him from now on, considering that he's watching him for the movie. And the sequel is getting ready to start production, I believe, in March. I, I as a person who saw the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I kind of felt some type of way that Jaleel White didn't make a cameo, at least in the movie. I thought that would have been pretty meta, but I guess they didn't want to go that route. But 
As far as it stands, I can definitely see Ben Schwartz taking the role over as Sonic. There are a great deal of voice actors out there that could probably do the role. But I think as far as continuity is concerned, let's just stick with Ben Schwartz and just keep him moving from there. But I applaud you, Roger Craig Smith, for all the years you put into the role. You definitely made the character your own. And a lot of people have definitely grown up with you being the voice of the fastest thing alive, apparently. He, I say apparently the fastest thing alive because some people will debate that. But I can't wait to see what he plans to do next. He's a very prominent voice actor, so he's definitely going to land his next big gig very time soon. Moving along to a bit of sad news, of course. Um, we lost another titan in the African-American community, the Black American community, of course. Cicely Tyson, famed actress and celebrity, passed away, I believe, at the age of 96. So she had lived, she's lived a very long time. She's very prolific in black cinema, as well as regular cinema as a whole. You know, she's been alive for so long and she acts here and there that it's just one of those things where you just thought she was just going to live forever. <laughs> you know, they say black doesn't crack and that's generally true. So she's just one of those actresses that we all just thought was going to be here for like another five years or so but you know i definitely feel like she lived a very fulfilling and wonderful life i know she has no regrets as far as i can tell and i know she enjoyed what she did to the fullest so cicely tyson definitely my hat's off to you and i hope you do find peace in the afterlife wherever that may be definitely kim definitely rest in peace grandma she's america's grandmother She's definitely one of America's grandmothers. So, uh, again, I hope, I wish, I send well wishes to the family of Cicely Tyson because I know for them it's a big loss. It's a big part of their family that's fine, that's gone now. So, you know, celebrity, the celebrity world will feel it and, you know, friends will feel it, but family definitely feels it the most. So, again, my condolences to Cicely Tyson's family and Cicely Tyson, please may you rest in peace, Queen. Rest in peace, Queen. Moving on to some more entertainment news. Um, the new season of Titans has not premiered yet. They are still rounding out their cast. We just got, I believe last week, we got an announcement on who's going to be the new Oracle. Not Batgirl, but Oracle for the series. This week, they announced who's going to be the first live-action iteration of Tim Drake, which is considered to be one of the best Robins in the entire Batman family. And I hope I'm saying this dude's last name right. Dre LaCurgo will be playing Tim Drake in the Titan series. As you guys are not maybe familiar with, Tim Drake is the third person to take up the role of Robin within the Batman mythos. The first was, of course, Dick Grayson. The second one was, of course, Jason Todd, who was later killed by the Joker and came back and became the Red Hood, or his version of the Red Hood. Tim Drake is the third iteration of Robin that ironically doesn't get talked about a lot, but is probably one of the most popular versions of Robin to ever exist. You're always going to love Dick Grayson because he's the first. Nobody really liked Jason Todd as the Robin, but they enjoy him as the Red Hood. Damien is kind of half and half with a lot of people because Damien is the legit son of Bruce Wayne. But I've always been a fan of Tim Drake Robin. If you remember the old Batman the Animated Series, you know, after Dick Grayson left and became Nightwing, they immediately brought in Tim Drake. 
they just skipped right over Jason Todd and they brought Tim Drake in. And he was Robin for quite a while on the animated series, even going into like the new Batman, the new Avengers of Batman, you know, the Batman Superman Avengers, and you know, even Justice League and things like that. So, Robin, Tim Drake Robin has been a very prominent character, not only in TV, but in comic books as well. Jay LaCurgo, as far as I know, he's done plenty of different roles. Apparently, he's, he's supposed to be in the Batman as well. A lot of people were confused about that, but he apparently does have a role in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie that's coming out, hopefully, later on this year. Um, it's very interesting because one of the biggest complaints is the fact that Jay LaCurgo is apparently a person of color. You know, he's not white, and most Robins have been white. So there's a lot of back and forth in terms of, you know, a person of color playing the role of Tim Drake Robin, all for the sake of diversity. I've had my discussions about diversity many times over. You can go back and watch my videos with the Council of the Words on their channel. We've had a whole, we, we've talked, we had a whole podcast episode based around, you know, diversity just for the sake of diversity. But if you're a person like me who reads a lot of comic books, then you know that there are always one universe. There are tangent universes, parallel universes, all the other universes. There's many different alternate directions you can take with a comic book character and a comic book story. Interestingly enough, Ryan Potter, who does play the role of Beast Boy, not only on Titans, but Doom Patrol, he actually petitioned to be Robin for the DCEU. Back when Ben Affleck was announced to be the Batman for the DCEU, Ryan Potter, he actually, like, you could probably find it somewhere on YouTube. He put out like a little stunt, you know, highlight reel and stuff. And he basically told Ben Affleck, you know, Batman needs a Robin. That was him petitioning to be the Robin for the DCEU. They never specified whether it was supposed to be Dick Grayson, you know, or I doubt it was Jason Todd or or Tim Drake. We don't know which Robin he was petitioning to be. But I did I did that thing came back to mind that I saw this announcement for the new um Tim Drake for the DC um, for DC's Titans. I'm gonna be interested to see how it plays out. Of course, many of you guys know this, but um, the gentleman who plays um, Jason Todd for Titans, he'll be transitioning over to Red Hood during this season. They didn't explain how it's supposed to happen. We know how it happens in comic books, but the Titans series takes place in like a tangent universe in and of itself. So we don't know how he's gonna make the transition to Red Hood, but because he will be, and since Brenton Thwaites, Dick Grayson has already become Nightwing on the series, it just makes sense for him to bring in you know, Tim Drake. So I'll be interested to see how he does. I'll probably spend some time looking him up and see if he has anything on YouTube as far as like, you know, acting reels or like maybe even stunt reels and things like that. So we'll have to wait and see. But moving on to a big piece of news here. President Biden has been on it. Since, since being sworn into office, he's been on it signing executive order after executive order after executive order. Personally speaking, I'm still waiting for my 2000. Uh, like, like they, they, they talked about proposing a monthly stimulus until this whole pandemic is over. 
I'm honestly all for that. I think that's exactly what this country needs right now. But, you know, until such time, I'm going to be keeping an eye on what he's doing. Like, so far, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a number of executive orders he signed already. Uh, I, I, I have a list of them right here. So we're just going to run down the list of things he's been signing since January 20th up until now. A memorandum on norm modernizing regulatory review. Memorandum on preserving and fortifying deferred action for childhood arrivals, DACA. Memorandum on reinstating deferred enforced departure of Liberians. Advancing racial, e advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. Ensuring a lawful and accurate enumeration and apportionment, I'm sorry, I'm getting my replacement, apportionment persuading to the decennial census. Organizing and mobilizing the United States government to, to provide a unified and effective response to combat COVID-19 and to provide United States leadership on global health and security. For those of you guys who don't know, if you didn't tune into last week's weekly wrap up, then you'll know that President, excuse me, Trump had no plan of, di of distributing the COVID-19 vaccine to the American public. He had no plan whatsoever. A lot of people were surprised by that. Me, I was not, because I know for a fact that he didn't have a plan. He spent months telling us that a vaccine was on its way. Months and months and months, just pretty much telling us the vaccine is coming, the vaccine is coming. He probably didn't really know. But for him, for us to think that he had a plan of distributing this thing out if he had won a second term, is completely laughable. So I didn't see it as a surprise. I was not shocked in the least. Moving right along. Preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation. Ethics commitments by executive branch personnel. Protecting public health and the environment and restoring science to tackle the climate crisis, which is a big one. Protecting the federal workforce and requiring mask wearing. I know a lot of people are going to have some issues with that, but if we want to get back to normalcy, these are the things we're going to have to do. Re revocation of certain executive orders concerning federal regulation. Revision of civil immigration enforcement policies and priorities a national day of unity, and discriminatory bans on entry to the United States, termination of emergency with respect to the southern border of the United States, and redirection of funds diverted to border wall construction, which was a big fucking farce. Memorandum to extend federal support to governors use of the National Guard to respond to COVID-19 and to increase reimbursement and other assistance provided to states. National Security Directive on United States Global Leadership to strengthen the international COVID-19 response and to advance global health security and biological preparedness. Promoting COVID-19 safety in domestic and international travel. Ensuring a data-driven response to COVID-19 and future high-consequence public health threats. Improving and expanding access to care and treatments for COVID-19. Sustainable public health supply chain ensuring an equitable pandemic response and recovery. 
supporting the reopening and continuing operations of schools and early childhood education providers. That's going to take some time. Establishing the COVID-19 Pandemic Testing Board and ensuring a sustainable public health workforce for COVID-19 and other biological threats. Protecting work health and safety. Protecting the federal workforce. Economic relief related to COVID-19 pandemic. Where's my 2000? Give me my money. Where was I? Economic relief. Okay, I already read that. Enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform. If they want to serve, let them serve. Ensuring the future is made in all of America by all of America's workers. Suspension of entry as immigrants and non-immigrants of certain additional persons whose post who pose a risk to transmitting coronavirus disease. Hmm, fair enough. Memorandum on tribal consultation and strengthening nation-to-nation relationships. Memorandum on condemning and combating racism, xenophobia, and intolerance against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the United States. Memorandum on redressing our nations and the federal government's history of discriminatory housing practices and policies. Interesting. Reforming our incarceration system to eliminate the use of privately operating criminal detention centers. I know this was a real big one when this hit the news. A lot of people had a lot of things to say about this. Now, granted, there's still a lot to be want, lot to be done with the prison system. Because let's be real, it is not a prison reform system. It is an incarceration system. They, do, they don't do no rehabilitation and no reforming whatsoever. It is a money-making scheme, essentially, that needs to be taken down. Memorandum on restoring trust in government through scientific integrity and evidence-based policymaking. Makes sense. President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. Tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad. Memorandum on protecting women's health at home and abroad. And lastly, the last one he signed, which was on January 28th, strengthening Medicaid and the Affordable Care Act. I told you, Biden has been at work with that pen, signing, trying to sign these things into order or signing these things into order. There's a lot of things that didn't get done during the Trump presidency. A lot of things that didn't get done. So we're all, we're really behind the eight ball here. The only question is to see if these things are going to go through like he hopes they're going to go through. But we'll have to wait and see. Still piggybacking off the government. Um... I hope y'all Proud Boys is happy about y'all's leader. The leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Torreo, has just been outed as being a whole police informant for the authorities some 10 years back. So Enrique Torreo is a whole snitch bitch. He is a whole snitch bitch. And apparently he has no recollection of being such an informant. It's easy to forget when you do things like that. But the, Pow- the Proud Boys have come under lots of heat, especially since, you know, the the attempted coup on the American government, you know, with the Capitol building. So to hear this story is, again, hilarious to me. It is extremely funny to see that a leader of a group of men that are trying to take back the country from I, I, I don't know who. Turns out to be a dimer. Will dime you completely on the spot. Or at least he used to dime you on the spot. And apparently he has no recollection of such events. 
Stitches tend to do that. They, they tend to have no recollection of these things, unless you're six and nine. And then you're just bragging on in bragging on the gram and bragging on TikTok and dropping, you know, singles talking about it, which is really, really fucking ridiculous. But Enrique, I see you, bro. And apparently everybody else does too. So <laughs> good luck with that, bro. Good luck with all of that. Now, moving on to some wrestling news. Moving on to some wrestling news. Um, one of the latest um things to drop within the past couple of weeks or so is um everyone's favorite The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, also known as The Undertaker in WWE, recently came out as he was a guest on the um Joe Rogan Experience. I caught most of it. I didn't catch the whole thing. There's maybe like 15 or 20 minutes of it left that I didn't watch yet. That I probably don't need to watch because I pretty much know Undertaker's story. Um, He recently came out and said that he feels like today's WWE product is, or he feels like today's talent is rather soft. And of course, Oldberg, yes, I am calling him Oldberg, came out and said that he agreed with those sentiments also. While he does feel, while he does respect Drew McIntyre, who he's supposed to be wrestling tonight at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Champion, he feels that the whole entire product is soft. Now, I had mentioned this a few days ago on my Facebook um, Facebook news feed. I talked about it a little bit there, but I was going to talk about it mainly over here on the weekly wrap-up. Here's my thing. Because it also coincides with another um, article that dropped about how Devon Dudley feels like the, the new talent or today's current talent is respectful of the um, Hall of Famers and the previous generation of wrestlers. Here's the thing about that. The veterans and most of the Hall of Famers, not even just the WWE, but of professional wrestling or wrestling entertainment in general, haven't really been doing much to help the new talent. If they are not busy hogging the limelight, they are either backstage playing politics with the owners, or they're just flat out complaining about the current talent to the point where a current talent's push can get derailed. It's not just in professional wrestling either. It's in a lot of different aspects of business, you know, sports, all this other stuff. We have a lot of the old guard not really wanting to relinquish the reins and pass it on to the next generation. Now, let me say something about the current state of not only just WWE talent, but wrestling and talent in general. This generation is smarter. You know, it's not like the days of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Randy Savages, Ultimate Warriors, Hogan's, Flares and stuff. While that time was great, because don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of that time. I also understand that those guys put themselves through legit hell, not just to entertain the fans, but to make a living. They put themselves through legit hell. Look at a lot of these guys that, you know, can barely walk. You know, they have pains all up and down inside and outside of their bodies. Some of them have succumbed to their aches and pains and stuff, you know, have passed away, whether it's from aches and pains, drug-related stuff, things like that. You know, this generation, the new talent, the new blood, they have to take a different route because at the end of their career, they still want to live a life. 
you know, I give, excuse me, I give a lot of credit to Dwayne Johnson. I give a lot of credit to Rock because, yeah, he could have stayed. He could have stayed and rode, rode his wrestling career to the rails came off and stuff, but no, he did the smart thing. He took everything he learned from being a professional, from being a wrestling entertainer, and he parlayed that successfully into movies. That is the smartest thing you could do. Now, I know there's a lot of people, people that have tried to do it, and there's a lot of people that are still trying to do it right now. Hulk Hogan tried to do it. Um, Steve Austin did it here and there. He did it. Um, there's, there's, there's a couple other wrestlers that tried to parlay you know, what they did on wrestling, what they did in wrestling into the movies. The Rock is probably the one who, was, who did it successfully. He got up before his body could be completely broken down. He got in better shape after leaving. And now he got, now he's like one of the, what, the top grossing actors in, in Hollywood right now. If I'm not mistaken, Kev, he's like the top, most top, Top, he gets he, he gets a lot of money. Basically, he gets a lot of freaking money. Um, John Cena, John Cena, he, he he's hitting myth, but he's pretty much parlaying that too. I'll tell you something right now, though. As far as comedic roles, I think that's John Cena's alley. Like, yeah, sure, he could do action because of how big he is, but I think as far as comedy, I think that's where John Cena's alley. Now, I know he's scheduled to come out in the next Fast and Furious movie. He's supposed to be close to play on um, um, Vin Diesel's um, brother in the movie. I mean, the last Fast and Furious movie I watched was Fast Five. Like, the the franchise was never really for me anyway. You know, but I only saw Fast Five because I knew The Rock was going to be in it. I haven't even seen Hobbs and Shaw yet. Maybe one day, if I'm, like, really, really bored, I'll sit down and watch it. But, you know, other than that, you got to think. You got to think about what are you going to do when you decide that you don't want to wrestle anymore? What can you do? And that's what a lot of these people are doing. That's what a lot of channels is doing. I'm thinking back to last year's big fiasco with third-party, you know, companies and how Mr. McMahon pretty much shut that down. Any wrestler that had, like, a Twitch account, they say, either going to kick some of that back to me or you got to cancel that. Delina Vega. And I'm forgetting her real name. I'm, I'm assuming that's her real name. Zelina Vega didn't want to give her shit up, and she got fired for it. Fired for being a third-party, you know, entertainer, which, which doesn't make any sense to me, which is consider considering the fact that Vince McMahon considers his talent to be independent contractors. If you're an independent contractor, that means I'm not contracted to you. I mean, I could. I mean, I can wrestle here if I want, but I can pretty much do whatever the hell I want else to make money. You know, so it, it's it's really really insane. You know, and I know I'm kind of digressing from the point I'm talking about, but the fact of the matter is, like, what people who what people are considering solved is I'm I'm just considering smart. Look at Mayweather. Let's let's jump out of wrestling for a second. Let's look at boxing for a minute. Let's look at Mayweather. You know, he's not like the Tysons or Holyfields or Foremans and stuff. All those guys that had legit wars in the fucking ring. Beating each other senseless to the point where they have certain body damage, brain damage, and things like that. No. For all the complaints people might have against Mayweather, he played it smart. 
You know, he's not going in there trying to beat someone to a bloody pole. I mean, he may be. I don't really know. They all pretty much trying to do that. But at the end of the day, they're just trying to get their money and go home. And at the end of the day, that's what these wrestlers are trying to do. They're trying to go in there, perform for the fans, you know, sign a few autographs, take a few pictures, win championships, make money. Um, you gotta consider the fact that at the end of the day, you got a family that you gotta go home to. You got a wife, you got kids, you got a husband, you got kids, you know. You want to make your money and be able to enjoy it when you leave. You know, so you're right, Dante. Right now, Hulk Hogan isn't Hulk Hogan anymore. He's, he's, he, that, that, it is what it is. And again, no real disrespect to those guys because, you know, I respect Hulk Hogan. I love Ric Flair. I love the Macho Man. I, I love all those guys that I used to watch when I was growing up. I love those guys. But I also have to recognize that their time is past. You know, I did a video last year before the year ended talking about what WWE could do to survive the next decade. One of the biggest things that I really feel like they should do is stop relying on the Hall of Famers and, you know, the um, legends to keep the product going. Yes, you're going to have your fans of those guys. Don't get me wrong. They're still going to be there. But the people that are there right now, they're there to see the current talent that's on the show, which is why you got a lot more complaints about the product now than you did back then. The talent right now is extremely talented. You know, everyone's, you know, everyone's looking at like, you know, they're doing all these flips and all this stuff. Like, that's what's selling. You're going to do what's going to sell. You know, you look at people like Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, who's still doing the thing. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, you know, Mustafa Ali. You're looking at all the talent, not only just from the main product, but NXT. And, you know, I give a lot, I give a lot of fucking credit to Triple H. Like, honestly speaking, this is me being really extremely candid. If anyone should take over the WWE after Vince McMahon is gone, it's Triple H. It's him. He should be the one to take the reins. Maybe even Shane McMahon. If those two can partner up and run the WWE, I think the WWE will definitely thrive like it was doing back, even back in the Attitude Era, or even the Ruthless Aggression Era. I think it will definitely survive if the Reigns get passed over to Triple H because he gets it. He may not have been like the greatest wrestler in the WWE, far from it, but he definitely has a serious mind for the business, a super mind for the business. Yeah, Raymond Serial is it's still there, and even his son. He has a son, Dominic Wrestling, now. Well, I mean, we, 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 we all know. You're right, John, but we all know. Vince McMahon, even though he's signing these guys, he's not really a big fan of them. That's why he doesn't use them a lot. You know, I mean, yeah, he's grabbed some big name people like, you know, AJ Styles. He, he, he finally nabbed him, you know, but like, you know, look at, look at a lot of, like, let's look at, um, what is it? Black Thursday. Is that what it was called last year? Where a lot of people on screen and off scene from WWE was let go. And this was like really almost a little bit after quarantine. We were, when we were on lockdown, a lot of people got let go. You know, and it's like a lot of those people could have did something for the company. But, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, and 
I get it. I I I get it, Vince. I get it. I know you have a certain appeal and you have a certain aesthetic for what you want. But the big strong man, muscle man, being the champion isn't all that great. Now, don't get me wrong, because you currently have him right now in Drew McIntyre. But there's a difference between that. Drew McIntyre, he's tall, he's built, and he can move. So him being the champion makes the most sense. Even with what you got on SmackDown, Roman Reigns being the universal champion, which is a fucking shit title. Don't get me wrong. Universal champion is a shit title, and they only did it because they needed a champion for another man. And then, which is why I've said before, I've never been a fan of the brand split. I hate the WWE brand split. I really wish they would stop doing that. It's the most ridiculous thing ever because it hurts. It hurts the company more than it helps. Even though SmackDown is the better show. SmackDown by far is the better show. As a matter of fact, SmackDown has kind of always been the better show. Now I think about it, so. But you got you to gotta look at these things like... um. I remember after Legends Night on WWE, um, the leader of Retribution, Mustafa Ali, he jumped on, um, I believe it was either, it was Raw Talk, not Talk is Mad, Raw Talk is the after show. And he basically talked about how he's tired of seeing all these legends and Hall of Famers continue to come back and steal the limelight from the current talent. You know, I don't, I don't remember hearing it because it's been a while since I watched it, but you can go look for it on YouTube. It's probably one of the best promos he's ever cut. Even if it wasn't even if it wasn't scripted, it's one of the best promos that he's ever cut because he was speaking straight facts. Look, I love Ric Flair. Ric Flair is still the fucking man, okay? But we don't need to see him all the time. We don't see the, see the legend all the time on the show. The new talent can get themselves over by themselves. They really can. Look at Zack Ryder, who became a YouTube sensation, and that's how he got himself over with the WWE product. Xavier Woods, also known as Austin Creed in real life, he has a YouTube series, Up, Up, Down, Down. He started that on his own, and now he's part. Now he's parted with G4, which is coming back. So, am I going to say that wrestlers are soft today? No, they're just smart. They're just smart. You know, I'm thinking about the promo that Dan, that um The Miz cut a few years ago on Talking Smack, talking about how he's never really been seriously injured, that he comes to he comes to WWE day in and day out and putting in his work. And he saw the people are calling him trying to be safe. Do you really want to spend the rest of your career after you finish wrestling not being able to move? And I get where The Undertaker is coming from because this dude is a super company man. He's been with WWE for over 30 years. He's been The Undertaker for over 30 years. And he's put himself through literally hell for the company. Through hell for the company. So I get where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, he has to understand. I mean, he's, he's retired now. So he can do that. But, um... You know, again, I, I have to I have to disagree with him on the wrestlers being soft. I'm not saying they're soft. Because, you know, he was complaining about how, you know, you go when you used to go backstage, you know, go to the locker rooms back in the day, you know, it was men, you know, lifting, you know, discussing, things like that. Now he says you got perform you got performers right there playing video games, you know, doing all the social media stuff. I'm like this is 
this is essentially, as far as the wrestling world, this is the turn of the century for it. This is what it is. This is what's going to get you, this is what you're going to get you out there. So when you see wrestlers doing TikTok videos or doing Instagram photos or Twitter and stuff, you know, you know, so it is what it is. It is what it is. I do remember the storyline between Eddie Guerrero, Dominic, and um, Ray. That was, that was, that was a crazy storyline. A crazy storyline. Extremely crazy. (laughs) And then, and then the other part that doesn't help either. Creative just sucks. Creative sucks in WWE. It does. Like, you're, because, and again, the problem is you got a lot of these old heads from back in the day that are writing for a new generation of performer, and the new generation can't relate to that shit. The best thing that they have going on right now in WWE is the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. That is the best thing they have going on right now. And I really only think that's because Roman Reigns really petitioned to come back as a heel after he spent time away. And then he got partnered up with Paul Heyman. So that's that's the reason why SmackDown is the better show. Because they have that. Don't get me wrong. The way they've been booking Drew McIntyre has been pretty good also. There's, there's some pretty solid booking here and there on Raw. But it just keeps getting overshadowed by dumb shit. Allowing Goldberg to come back and challenge for the WWE Championship is the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen. And don't get me wrong, I still have respect for Goldberg. I just don't feel he needs to be coming back trying to prove he can still do this thing. You don't need to do that. Especially when all you have in your arsenal is a spear and a jackhammer. Just two fucking moves. That's all you got. You know, like when you when he came back and wrestled Brock Lesnar, that was okay. But even the rematch, I already knew what that was going to be about. It was just going to be, you know, signature after signature move after signature move after signature move after signature move. Suplex, 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 all that shit, you know. I actually give a little bit more respect to Brock Lesnar because that dude's a legit animal. Brock Lesnar is still a legit fucking... I don't even know how old he is right now. But he's still a legit super athlete. I don't know how the fuck he does it. But the Brock Lesnar is still a legit fucking animal. So I still give Brock Lesnar that respect, even though I don't like him when he comes back and becomes a champion. Because then it means we're not going to see the championship for a long time. You know, so... I don't know. Like I said, I don't feel like... This is one thing I have to disagree with the Undertaker on, and I love the Undertaker. I respect the hell of the Undertaker for all he's done, but I can't really sit here and say that the current talent is soft. They're just smart. They're playing their cards right, because again, at the end of the day, you want to spend the money you make, and you can't spend it if you're broken, if you're like like um, Rick, Mickey Rourke said, if you're a broken down piece of meat and you can't spend your money, think about it. Think how many wrestlers from back in the way are living in destitution. What wrestler from back in the ray is really still living it up? Maybe Ric Flair. And I get there's many extenuating circumstances, whether it's divorce or whatever, shit like that. But think about it. Just think about it for a second. The Rock was the only one to do it right. He got out when the fire was still hot with him, and he parlayed that fire into Hollywood. 
smartest ever. Completely the smartest shit ever. And I give The Rock a lot of respect for that. I know a lot of people don't like to, I know a lot of people like to hate on him, but that's the smartest shit you can do. Really smart. Because now he's basically taking his talents from an industry that can hurt him a lot more to an industry that can hurt him a lot less. It is what it is, folks. It it, it just is what it is. Um, yes, Kevin. Like we're gonna talk about Kevin Owens in a minute. Um, but Dante, yeah, the Undertaker was literally in every era: the Federation years, Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, PG Era. He's been through it all. So that's why I still give Undertaker that reverence because he's he's like he's the legit ring general. But you know, he's from a different time. These the talent is different now. They gotta, they still gotta go home. They still need to go home to their families. Um, Alexa Bliss would be awesome if they would do it properly. I'm still confused as to what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit. Um, DDP is still my guy, but again, even DDP, he took his money from wrestling and he put it into something. DDP yoga has been saving lives for years. Real smart man. That's what you gotta do. You gotta parlay what you do from one thing into another if you don't wanna stay at that place for long. Which brings me into my next point before I get into some reviews. The Royal Rumble is tonight. Now, me, I will not be watching. I haven't watched the pay-per-view. I actually haven't watched the pay-per-view since I got rid of the WWE Network. I got rid of it. Because honestly, you know, while I was basically paying 10 bucks for a monthly pay-per-view, some pay-per-views weren't worth it. So eventually it was like, and there wasn't, there wasn't enough original content on the WWE Network to keep me invested. The original content that they had, they stopped producing. Can WWE stop producing that? There's a couple things on WWE Network that I liked watching, but they just stopped producing, stopped producing it. So I just gave it up. I'll keep my ten dollars. Shit. But all that being said, the Royal Rumble is tonight. Um, it's not a big card, really. There's like about six matches tonight. So I'm just gonna make my predictions as to what's gonna happen tonight. I'm gonna say who I think is gonna win, who I want to win, and who should win. Because who I want to win and who should win are completely different things. So I'm pretty. I'm gonna pretty much go in order into what I feel is gonna how and how tonight's gonna play out. Um, I feel like the women's championship match, WWE, the the SmackDown women's championship match, will be the first thing to go. That's okay. that's gonna be the first thing to drop tonight. So that's Sasha Banks versus Carmella for the W for the women's for the SmackDown women's championship. Sasha Banks, I think, is definitely gonna go over. I don't think there's really any reason to put the title on Carmella because she hasn't really been doing much since she's come back instead of setting up the feud with Carl and Sasha Banks. As far as I can tell, they haven't really been seen on TV for the past couple of weeks. So that kind of leads me to believe that Sasha is going to retain the championship. Maybe they'll feud with a little while until the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble match comes into play. Um, yes, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 92 was awesome. I don't really remember Warrior Rumble 2001. I gotta go back and look at that. I don't think I watched that. I don't think I watched Warrior Rumble um, 2001, but I do remember 1992. I think the next batch will be the 
Universal Championship match. I think that'll be Universal. I'll think that'll be the next match, which has Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, the Universal Champion, going up against Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. Automatically, right off the bat, Roman Reigns is winning. I really think this will probably put, probably this will probably end this little chapter of this little feud between Kevin Owens and Randy and Roman Reigns. I don't think Kevin Owens has worked back up to being champion status again. And I like Kevin Owens, but I just don't think he worked his way up to that just yet. There's still a lot more that they can do with the Tribal Chief um, storyline. You know, Jimmy Uso hasn't returned yet to ring, hasn't returned back to action yet. So it's still just been Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, no, Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and um damn uh paul Heyman. it's still just been no story um i don't know if they have plans on growing his little storyline into a faction i know there's been talk i know there's been speculation of apollo cruz possibly turning heel and maybe joining the faction like it just makes sense to me for it to turn to a faction at some point you know, again, Jimmy Uso hasn't come back, so I can see Jimmy Uso probably fighting, feuding with them before joining up with them also. Um, again, it's it's still fairly strong. The Tribal Chief thing is still fairly strong, but it can go south real fast if they don't play their cards right. But I do think this feud between him and Kevin Owens could culminate tonight. This should be the end of it. Tonight should be the end of it. And Roman Reigns should win without cheating. Like the other times he won with, with cheating were okay, but this time it should really be a thing where like he wins, he beats Kevin Owens clean, last man standing match, and that's it. It, it. That feud is over with, and we can start focusing on other talent that can become the number one contender for the Universal Championship. Um, we have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match with Pitts, the Tag Team Champions. Asuka was still the Raw Women's Champion and Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Automatically, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax should go over. They should win the Tag Team Championships. Um, as much as Nia, as I'm still trying to hold out my love for Nia Jax, the fact of the matter is she's become an extreme danger. She's become an extreme liability to the talent. Like, and she doesn't seem to care about it either, which is a real big problem for me too. But her and Shayna Baszler work very well as a tag team. I, I gotta be honest with you, they work very well as a tag team. Asuka and Charlotte haven't been acting as a tag team at all, really. I mean, they pretty much have Asuka pretty much entering a feud with Alexa Bliss. And they have Charlotte who is entering a feud with Damn, what's her goddamn name? Um, Lacey Evans. They're building up now that Lacey Evans has pretty much got Ric Flair in her corner. They've obviously set up that feud. So it's just best to take the titles off of them, put it on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Although, I do feel like the women's tag team champions have become a bit of a dud as of late. Because aside from... The Wyatt, the Riot Squad, who would make great tag team champions because they're the only legit women's tag team that we have right now. They broke up the Iconics, which was, in my honest opinion, really freaking stupid. 
like breaking up the accountants, I thought was really, really dumb. As annoying as they were, they were a very good tag team. I think they could have kept those guys together a little bit longer. But aside from them, you got the Riot Squad. You don't really have any, you don't really have any women's tag teams except for the Riot Squad. So if you're not going to put it on them, you might as well just get rid of the tag, women's tag team championship. Or at the very least, take it to NXT. It'll thrive there. It's not thriving on the main shows. Like the 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 idea of putting Oscar and Charlotte Flair together didn't make any sense. I know it was supposed to be Lana, but then she got injured injured. And honestly speaking, I really think Lana should leave. At this point, there's no reason for her to be there anymore. You know, her husband Miro, he's on AEW. She should just go there. Honestly speaking, she really should just go. There's no reason for her to be on WWE anymore. She really should just leave. You know, I don't know when her contract is supposed to expire, but if I were her, I would have left. I would have left. I would have left when they let go of um Rusev. I would I would have left then. But, you know, again, Asuka and Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans, those are two feuds that have been created for these two right now. So it's just best to take the titles off of them. You know, in any way they want to do it, just go ahead and do it. Take the titles off of them, put on Nia Jax and Shane the base, they at least can make use of it for the most part. Um, then of course we have the WWE Championship match with Drew McIntyre as a champion against Goldberg. If WWE is smart, they will let Drew McIntyre go over. There is no reason for Goldberg to go over. None whatsoever. He doesn't need it. He 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 honestly doesn't need it. You spent all last year literally building Drew McIntyre to be a super babyface champion. And then you're going to call in Goldberg to come challenge him at the Royal Rumble? For what? For what reason do you have to do that? No. Goldberg doesn't need it. If anything, you'll be helping Drew McIntyre more if he goes over on Goldberg. If he was able to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania last year, and he's been taking out a lot of people. Drew McIntyre has actually been taking out a lot of people. Brock Lesnar. AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, Keith Lee most recently, which was a hell of a match, by the way. The match between Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee was the highlight of Legends on the Raw. Goldberg doesn't need it. Goldberg needs to stop. He, he doesn't need it. Yes, he's won the Universal Championship. He's won the World Heavyweight Championship. And I understand he hasn't had the WWE Championship, which is still the most coveted title in wrestling supposedly today. He doesn't need it. He he, he he doesn't need it. At least not while Drew McIntyre is champion. He doesn't need it. He doesn't. So if WWE is smart, they will put Drew over on Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't need it. So they need to move on so Drew can headline WrestleMania. They don't need it. And that leads us into the Royal Rumble matches for the men's and women's perspective. I'm going to talk about the women's Royal Rumble match first. Who I want, who I think should, I think should win is Bianca Belair. Actually, let me tell you, who I think is going to win is Bianca Belair. I really think she's going to be the one to win the women's Royal Rumble match. She's going to, because they've been building her up for the past, they've been building her up for the past month or so. But then, and then on Friday when she beat Bailey. In a clean match, she'd be clean. I really think this is a good chance for her 
to really solidify herself on the main roster if she wins the Women's Royal Rumble match. Who I think should win. No, that's pretty much it. Who I think should win is Bianca Belair. Who I think might win might be Bailey. That would be a nice little swerve if Bailey wins the Women's Royal Rumble match. That'd be a nice little swerve. Because she's still kind of hot right now. Especially with her feud with Bianca Belair. So she's still kind of hot. Who I think will win? Bianca Belair. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe Bianca Belair will be the one to win the Women's Warrior Rumble match. I honestly think that's going to be the case. Because then she'll have a choice. And more than likely, she'll go after the SmackDown Women's Champion, which is Sasha Banks at this point. I don't really see any need for them to give it to Carmella. But I could be wrong. Now, the Rents Warrior Rumble match. Again, and then now go, now keep in mind, guys, I don't really, I'm not really cognizant of who's going to be entering the match. I know a few names, but I don't know all of them. As far as the men's Royal Rumble match, who should win is Daniel Bryan. He should win because he hasn't won one yet. And that would be a nice way to cap off his career in the WWE by having at least one Royal Rumble title win. He's done a lot within the company so far, and this is, as far as as far as as far as I know, this is his last run with the company, and he's really using this run to put over other talent, which is which is noble within itself. He didn't have to do that, but he's using his run to put other talent over. But if we're up to me, Daniel Bryan should win the Warrior Rumble match. Who do I want to win the Warrior Rumble match? Keith Lee. I want Keith Lee to win the Warrior Rumble match so he can headline. WrestleMania. That is what I want to see. So, who, do, who should win is Daniel Bryan. Who do I want to win is Keith Lee. Who might win? I actually wouldn't be surprised if Sheamus wins. If Drew McIntyre is still a WWE champion, which he should be, I can see a nice little... I can see a nice little... You know, three-way WWE championship match, championship match at WrestleMania between Drew McIntyre, the champion, Keith Lee, and Sheamus. I could see that happening at WrestleMania. That's not that far from a possibility. Now, I'm not. I know Edge is, is coming back, and he's he's de he's declared that he plans on winning the Royal Rumble so he can win the WWE Championship. If that happens, I'd actually be okay with it. I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too mad about that, honestly speaking. But either Keith Lee, Sheamus, or Daniel Bryan, all three of those will be in my realm of who should win the WWE Royal Rumble tonight. Now, if you've noticed, I made, I made no mention of the men's tag team championship matches because there are none. So it's become very apparent that WWE is slowly giving less of a fuck about the tag team division. Think about it. The Street Profits lost the title some time ago, so now Rude and Dolph Ziggler are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I don't even remember who the Raw Tag Team Champions are. I I have no recollection of who the Raw Tag Team Champions are. Now, now I gotta look it up. I, I, I honestly don't know. Because after the New Day dropped the titles, I, I, I don't remember who the Tag Team Champions are. 
Oh, I'm bugging. I am so bugging. It's Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. One of two halves of the hurt business. Um, actually, I'm going to throw another name in there. If Bobby Lashley wins the Warrior Rumble, I wouldn't be mad at that either. If Bobby Lashley won the Warrior Rumble, I would not be mad at that because I think it might be time to start for them to start pushing him into the WWE Championship ring. Um, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that. So if he won, also that wouldn't that wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind that too much. I really wouldn't mind it too much. But those are my predictions for the Royal Rumble tonight. Again, I'm not going to be watching. I will most likely be catching all the recaps on social media, Twitter, you know, all that other stuff. People will definitely be letting me know who's winning what. So I'll be finding out then. But moving into the last part of my weekly wrap-up, we're going to be getting some reviews out. And I'm only going to be focusing on two shows today. I was going to review 911 and 911 Lone Star, but again, there's not really much to say about that. Those shows are just very good shows on their own, so you should really check them out if you're into that type of thing. But we're going to talk about two female-centered shows, Batwoman and WandaVision. Episode 2 of Batwoman premiered last Sunday. It centered around, you know, Ryan Walder really accepting taking up the mantle of Batwoman and really going into the role because most people, excuse me, most people is believe, especially from Luke Fox, that most people wouldn't see her as Batwoman. Probably wouldn't be one because she's black. And two, she doesn't understand how this thing's supposed to go. The third episode is coming out tonight, so I'll be tuning into that. But my attention for Batwoman right now is in and out. I'm just trying to see how they roll this thing together. I don't even remember what the preview for tonight's episode is supposed to be about. I'm just really trying to figure out how this thing is going to play out for the remainder of the season. Like, I, I, I don't know what they're planning on doing. So, but honestly speaking, the only character that I really care about right now this season is Ryan Wilder. And I want to say her name is Cassandra Kane. That that could be her. Um. Kate's, you know, adopt, um, have, um, Kate's stepsister, you know, those are the only two characters that I care about right now. Luke, I haven't warmed up to again this season yet, even though I liked him last season, but they're going to have to like really pull out all the stops to really keep me invested in the series for the remainder of the season. Cause at this point right now, I don't really know, but let's talk about WandaVision and WandaVision episode four. <laughs> was a huge gangbusters payoff if I ever saw one. So basically, we broke away from the main storyline of Wanda and Vision living out their sitcom lives for us to escape into the real world. This episode centered more so around Monica Rambeau, who, if you remember from the last episode, was pretty much ejected from the TV universe back into the real world. You know, we know that she works for SWORD, who is a like almost a different division from S.H.I.E.L.D. We also learn, which is actually a very good opening to the episode. It was a great opening to the episode. It was the snapback. That's what I'm calling it. At least I'm calling it a snapback. Forget the blip. Forget all that. I'm calling it. I'm calling everybody returning. I'm calling it a snapback. So they showed us pretty much how the actual snap went down. We kind of got a glimpse of it in um. Spider-Man Far From Home on camera, but this one fully showed what it was like when all the people that got snapped away five years ago finally came back. 
like the scene opens up with Monica literally reforming back to into herself and then running through a hospital trying to figure out what's going on because she was apparently at the hospital with her mother Maria Rombo who she finds out actually passed away from cancer and that passed away three years ago and she so because remember everyone who got snapped away it was only a split second but for the rest of us it was five years so watching all these people back up and watching all these people in the hospital freak out at what's happening was a very good opener for the episode we see that monica was actually a, a high official in sword so she was tasked with trying to figure out what's going on with westview new jersey which is where i guess it could be safely assumed that Juan is holding that town hostage so to speak Maybe we don't know for sure. We won't find in later episodes, but you know, if we remember the last episode, Monica makes that comment about how you know Pietro was killed by Ultron, and then we find out that Wanda essentially knocked her out of TV world back into the real world. We have we're introduced again to um Darcy, who we know from the Thor movies. She comes back working with Sword as well as as well as Jimmy Woo. Who has become an agent working on the case also the whole episode is really really great so it's basically basically this episode was an inside recap of the first three episodes of one of you know them trying to figure out what's exactly happening who's causing it, what can be the reason behind this welcome nobody can see what's going on and things like that it was a great great episode and a lot of easter eggs in here i can't recall them but you can jump jump on youtube and there's a lot of videos discussing it and discussing their theories as well i don't think i watched the trailer for the next episode yet so i'll probably do that later on but for anyone who wasn't really giving wonder wonder vision a chance now is your chance now is your chance to redeem yourself for that you can definitely catch up on the three episodes that dropped before well all four episodes that dropped like it Episode 4 is an extreme payoff. That's pretty much all I'm going to say. Episode 4 was a big payoff for the first three episodes. Even if you felt like the first three episodes may have been a slow burn, it was like, okay, where is this going? What's happening? Episode 4 answers those questions. I believe there's five more episodes in the season. I believe there's like, how many? Let me, let me, let me just double check that just to be on the safe side. But I want to say WandaVision has like about nine episodes. If I'm not mistaken. Let me just double check that. Hold on, hold on, guys. Hold on one second. Sorry, I gotta go find the answers there. Let's see. Yes, there are nine episodes for the first season of WandaVision. So we got five more left. We got five more left for them to wrap a few things up. No telling if we're going to be getting a second season. I'm going to assume that we most likely will be getting a second season. But there's no telling right now. So definitely catch on the first four seasons. If you don't have Disney Plus, find someone who does. You know, so you can like catch up on it. It's really an awesome show. And I really think you'll enjoy it, especially episode before. You're really going to enjoy it. All of that being said, I'm going to leave leave you guys here for a few minutes. If you guys have any questions or comments that you guys want to make before I shut this weekly wrap up down.
Well, that's all, guys. I will thank you guys for tuning in today's week and in today's weekly wrap up. I hope you guys enjoy it. Catch me next week, Sunday, with another weekly wrap up, of course. Look out for a couple of videos, actually. Um, I may start tackling my ranking of the MCU movies. I may start that this week. I'm not sure yet. I gotta actually put my list in order to figure that out. I am gonna be doing a video on my theories of the multiverse. I'm gonna be doing that. I figure out it's time I share what my ideas on what the multiverse could be and finally get it out there instead of just keeping it on my head. Um, Look out for a couple more, you know, July Blur Talk interviews. I got a couple more people that want to come on show and there's a couple people that want me on their show. So I'm trying to I'm gonna be working this week to get that scheduled together and figure that out. That reminds me, if you want to be a guest on my weekly wraps up, wrap ups, let me know. Like I'll figure out a way to get you in on it. So we can both talk and stuff and share things on our weekly wrap up. So if you want to be a guest on the weekly wrap up, it doesn't matter for how long you want. If you want to come on for the whole show, you can, or if you want to come in and drop a line live, you're welcome to do that as well. So we'll figure that out and I'll get you guys in on the weekly wrap up show. So let me know what you guys want to do. And then I can definitely make that happen. But of course, all my social media platforms are in the description box. So you can definitely find me there. If you have anything that you would like for me to talk about on a weekly wrap up or just make a video about in general, feel free to leave a comment and I'll definitely try to work it into my schedule as well. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And not only that, I hope you guys plan on staying warm because we're apparently about to get hit with some snow BS starting tonight, leading all the way until Tuesday morning. So they're talking about like two feet of snow here in New Jersey. So we got our bread. And we got milk. So we should be all right. We, we, we should be okay. But in any case, you guys stay safe. Stay healthy, and I want to catch you guys next week on another weekly wrap-up. I'm out. Peace.